G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. As you know, just before Mother's Day, we announced the Australian Mother of the Year and the Australian Grandmother of the Year Awards. Our privilege today to connect with the Australian Grandmother of the Year, Lexia Mackin, is from Kabala near Toowoomba in Queensland. The awards are presented each year by Family Voice Australia and Lexia is joining us. Lexia, a special welcome along to 2020. Thank you very much, Neil, for inviting me and for the honour as well. Well, Lexia, first of all, congratulations. Uh, it is quite an honour, Grandmother of the Year. Yeah, I'm still trying to get used to it. Let's get an idea of your family, because not only are you grandmother, but you're great-grandmother too. Give us a, a little outline of what your family looks like. Well, five children. Uh, they're all um, adult, of course. Uh, Twelve grandchildren spread throughout Australia. Five great-grandchildren. And for three years, we also had two foster children. And that was an experience. It is an experience, and uh, having led the way, I know you've had a special interest in mothers, and I guess you could even say special interest in grandmothers too, but but you've had this special interest in mothers, especially those mothers who are leaders, uh, because somehow or other uh, you picked up along the way, just because you're a leader in a church group doesn't mean that you're a great parent or that you've got everything together. How did that all work for you in those earlier days when you realised that? Well, it started with um, uh, a man who gave me a prophetic word. I didn't realise at the time that it was a prophetic word. We were just having lunch at one of our church gatherings, and he walked past me and said hello, walked past uh, and said hello to another couple of people. And then he doubled back, and he came to me, and he looked me in the eye, and he said, you're a mother in Israel, and then he walked off. And I was just left dumbfounded. I didn't know, you know whether it was a prophetic word. It sounded like it, but, I mean, it wasn't the setting for giving a prophetic word. So then I thought, well, maybe he just said that because I had five children and I was the only one in the fellowship who did. And I, I just couldn't explain it for many, many years. But um, over a period of time... As my children grew older, I was looking at the other children, the teenagers who were a bit older than our children, and as they went out into the world, I saw that they were not following the godly principles that their parents had laid down. And I I wondered about that, and I was saddened by that because I thought, I don't want that to happen to my children. So that was the beginning of it. Funny, isn't it, that someone might say to you, uh, a word, you're a mother in Israel, and you didn't realize that that was a prophetic word. And you might even say, and uh, we might even still have uh, a, l almost like a, a doubt and say, well, what does that mean anyway? But it was mm. particularly interesting for you because 
your own uh, mother, uh, your own family history it was a little dysfunctional. And so being a great yeah. mother wasn't necessarily you were well prepared for. I wasn't prepared at all. When I had my first child and it was time to leave the hospital, uh, I was looking for a nurse to say, can I stay in one more day? But I couldn't find any. And then eventually, after about half an hour, I found the nurse and my throat constricted with so much fear, I couldn't get any words out. And it was just horrible. So I had to learn the hard way. And I guess you must have had, in those early years, uh, after you began to have children, you must have had some special mentoring that actually helped you become a mother and do things effectively. Uh, Not one particular person, uh, but I did look around at those that I could see had functional families, and I looked at what they did. And, and how they did it and I learnt from them and I read lots of books on parenting and lots of books on discipleship uh, because I I realised over a period of time that the difference between um, having a functional family and not was the mothers and the fathers who had functional families were those who discipled their children rather than just you know, raise them, sending them to Christian schools and um, youth groups and so on. And, and I just saw that that was what made the difference. Sometimes we talk parenting and then we talk discipleship. What you're saying is they seem to be actually one and the same, or at least one is a dimension of the other. But the discipleship dimension, you actually don't need to, you don't want to leave that out because that's actually the important element that's going to give your children the capacity to go on and make mature decisions later. Exactly. So if children need to see that their parents have actually got a relationship with Jesus. And when, as we send our children off to a Christian school, they don't get to see that relationship in a functioning way. But if they see in the home that, you know, mum makes a mistake and then mum talks to, to God about it, they, they can see that outworking. And so there are principles of discipleship that need to come into the family home. So five children, 12 grandchildren, five great-grandchildren, and you spent three years fostering two girls. It, at the same time, you were also involved in a support for what is, you know, a reasonably well-known girls' ministry in your neck of the woods there around Toowoomba, the Bella Girls Support Group. But you were turning up each week, not necessarily for discipling the young girls, but actually keeping an eye on, in some sense, a pastoral care for the leaders. Yes, and again, that wasn't something that I intended to do. It was something that I just fell into. So, a lot of these activities, I, I think I've just fallen into it, not not because I've had a passion for it, but because, because of that initial prophetic word, you are a mother in Israel, and that released the creative power of God within me to do what he had designed me to do. How significant is it, Alexia, uh, when you think of that sort of prophetic word, you're a mother in Israel, that motherhood mm-hmm. might be a ministry that you could take up, that that would become something you'd be good at and that you'd be able to encourage 
leaders uh, to put discipleship as a part of their parenting skills. And as I understand it, when you've got this sort of philosophy on how you do motherhood, uh, you like to point everything to the purposes of God. How does that work for you? Yes. Uh, When I had the foster girls, one of the things that the Department of Family Services does not allow you to do is to smack the children. And so we had to figure out very quickly how to discipline them when they had done something wrong. And so one time the older girl who was 10 when she came to us, she had done something wrong. And I sent her to a bedroom and I said, I'm just going to talk to God about this because I don't know what to do. And, you know, she was petrified and and I was absolutely scared. But then God just dropped into my spirit three different principles for correction. And then later on, as I was working through those, he dropped in a fourth one as well. So in the situation that happened, she didn't recognize that she had done anything wrong. And so the first step that God showed me was uh, recognition. Um, And then I just worked through those different stages with her, and I was just blown away by the fact that, you know, God could show me how to parent within somebody else's rules uh, and um, they were quite strict, those those guidelines that the department has set down. But the whole purpose of discipline is to bring us back into relationship with God. And so I learned in a very practical way how to parent according to the scriptures. And that had never occurred to me when I had my own children. So how do you uh, articulate those four points? There might be some listeners going, you know what, Uh, we aren't comfortable with the smacking of our children. And so pointing kids to the purposes of God, uh, pointing out that they need to know that they've done wrong, what comes next in those four points? Um, I knew you were going to ask me that. and then (laughs) My mind goes absolutely blank. Let me see how I do. So recognizing that you've done something wrong, repenting, which means turning around and going in the opposite direction. And then after repentance comes, the third stage is that we need to make some sort of recompense. So, you know, if we've broken something because we were playing around, then we need to use our pocket money to pay for the replacement. But if it was just because it slipped out of our fingers while we were doing the washing up, well, then there's no recompense required. And then the fourth step is bringing us back into relationship with God. And so that involves um, if the child is is able to, in this case, this child was not able to um, come back into relationship with God, but she was able to come back into relationship with me. So I just explained to her that her um, bad actions had caused a rift in our relationship and was she prepared to say sorry and come back into relationship? And she was, and and it was great. So um, I think those four steps are key in bringing us back into relationship with God because that's the purpose. God says that's the purpose for 
uh, discipline and correction in, in the Word. Lexia, there's wonderful wisdom in that. And you have written down lots of your wisdom in mothering and uh, grandmothering in a book called Help, I'm a Mum. Uh, give us a little insight into your book. Well, it's a combination of the principles of discipleship, but with practical mothering as well. So, you know, how do you disciple a six-month-old? How do you disciple a, a three-year-old? It's different, different stages that require different things. And so I've listed some of the things that you can do with, with children at those various ages and... Some of the, the the cognitive development, you know, the way a child thinks. For instance, before a child is around the age of eight, they're not able to distinguish between what is real and what is not real. So when you read them a fantasy book before the age of eight, they think that's what the world is, you know. So Santa Claus, Jesus, you know, it's all one and the same to them. But, but after they hit that magic age, they start realising that there is a difference, there is reality and non-reality, and so we have to show them that Jesus is not like Santa Claus. Jesus is not just this, you know, thing in the sky that gives us whatever we want. He's a real person. He's a king. He's someone that we need to bow down to and submit our will to. And before the age of 12, that's a really important thing for a child to do. Well, the book is called Help, I'm a Mum. And I think listeners might be hoping that some of those good wisdom points are actually in your book. It's available on Kindle and it's likely to be in Coorong very soon. Lexia Mackin has five children. She has 12 grandchildren, five great-grandchildren, two foster girls she had for three years, and Lexia is the 2023 Australian Grandmother of the Year. Lexia is from Kabala near Toowoomba in Queensland. Those awards presented each year by Family Voice Australia, familyvoice.org.au. Lexia, a special congratulations once again and thank you so much for sharing your heart with us today on 2020. Thank you. It's my pleasure and my honour as well. Thank you, Neil. Bless you. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.